0: Hi, I'm Mayor Colleen Marr, the mayor of Fanwood, and you're listening to the Jaffe Podcast.
1: Rebuild downtown, pave those potholes, fix our parks. Oh, and don't you dare raise our taxes. It's all in a day's work for a New Jersey mayor. We'll hear more about what it takes to get the job done from the president of the New Jersey State League of Municipalities, coming up on this week's Jaffe Podcast.
0: You're listening to the Jaffe Podcast, brought to you weekly by Jaffe Communications.
1: Today's guest is Fenwood Mayor Colleen Marr. She'll be wrapping up her term as president of the New Jersey League of Municipalities, an organization providing a vital link between state and local government. As league president, Colleen has been a passionate advocate for shared services agreements, like those she's overseen over the years with neighboring Scotch Plains. The mayor will be on this November's ballot seeking her fifth term, but we're very grateful she set aside some time during a very busy campaign season for a frank and open-ended conversation about the league and its role in fostering cooperation and growth among the 565 municipalities. Mayor Marr, welcome to the Jaffe podcast.
0: I'm really glad to be here.
1: First of all, let's get into it, and I think for some of our... Listeners who aren't that familiar with the League of Municipalities, sure. they they read about the the parties and they read about the fun, but we understand that there's a lot of other things that happen there besides that, and um, we kind of want to talk to you about the next convention is coming up in uh, next month, right after the election, and what are some of the big things that uh, municipalities are going to be tackling?
0: Sure. So the New Jersey League of Municipalities um, is an organization that is about a hundred years old. And it actually represents all 565 municipalities in the state of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And while we represent mayors, we also represent those who work in local government. So, your building official, your zoning official, your planning board. <clears throat> um, so, every year we have a convention. Uh, we go down into Atlantic City, mm-hmm. uh, probably twenty five thousand people will mm-hmm. descend it 's probably the uh, the largest convention that Atlantic City actually hosts mm-hmm. um, and for three days, you will come together um, and do a lot of good work mm-hmm. you know so there is uh, three days full of seminars and business meetings mm-hmm. and actually really talking about things that matter the most mm-hmm. um, and so the league is actually the sponsor of that. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I was, I, I've been going to this for a bunch of years, and I know last year the big issue was cannabis. Yes. And uh, there was, a, you know, because there was a lot of thought that there would have been legislation in place by now about that. And is that still a, a hot-button topic among municipalities?
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be probably one of our best attendance sessions again, mm-hmm. only because there's no resolution.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: we don't know exactly what's going to happen, um, but this is what we do now. There will be some action before the end of this term. Mm -hmm. Uh, They call it lame duck. Mm -hmm. And it'll either go one or two ways, Mm -hmm. is that uh, the Senate president would put forth a bill to legalize uh, cannabis in the state of New Jersey, and he'll have the votes. Mm -hmm. I think 21 is the magic number. Mm -hmm. Or if there isn't that support in the House, they will actually then uh, vote on putting it up for a referendum Mm -hmm. and letting the people of New Jersey decide on the next ballot of November 2020. Mm -hmm. So we expect um, that session down there. And we're actually bringing in mayors from out of state. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have... um, A mayor from Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. where it's legal, and we're also bringing in the mayor of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to really get into, you know, exactly what they're seeing Mm -hmm. um, and kind of dispel, I think, some concerns and some myths Mm -hmm. about, you know, what actually is happening when you legalize Mm -hmm. cannabis.
1: Dumb question. It's legal in Philadelphia?
0: It's not legal in Philadelphia, but the mayor there is is a real advocate okay. um, along with um, the medical piece of this. Okay. So he's going to be bringing a lot of good information, mm-hmm. and he's also mayor of one of the largest cities in mm-hmm. the country. So. Mm-hmm. I think under a gram is a parking
2: ticket.
1: Under
0: a gram is a, par- is a
1: parking ticket? Or the
2: equivalent of a parking ticket. Yeah,
1: yeah. so it's pretty much legal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and that that's the other piece that can't be forgotten, that mm-hmm. as the league and as the president um, I'm really watching, is that the reason why we believe it got stalled was because one bill was trying to do so much. Mm-hmm. It had uh, the medical component in it, it had um, social justice expungement in it, and then it had legalization. Mm-hmm. And what they've done is they've sort of removed out – the medical, You know, mm-hmm. that's now standalone in that the expansion mm-hmm. bill is well on its way. Um, and they have now removed out sort of the expungement in the social justice piece. Mm-hmm. Sent a bill to Murphy. He conditionally vetoed it. And so that piece is sort of, um, we're not sure where that is. Mm-hmm. And now the bill that we think will go forward will just solely focus on legalization. Got it. But it can't just move alone, mm-hmm. you know, um, because – the whole idea of legalizing marijuana in the state of New Jersey begins with the premise that there was a failed war on drugs, and that it has been disproportionately um, a negative impact to our minority communities. Mm-hmm. So that conversation cannot be forgotten as we move forward with the legalization. Got it. We had a guest on... Uh, By assembly- the way, everybody, this is Josh <laughs> Frank. I have always hey introduce everybody. you. Uh, <laughs> our, our
1: sound tech slash editor slash uh, Indeed. millennial.
2: Go Indeed. Ahead. So we had Assemblyman Jamel Holly who made it very clear on this show that marijuana legalization without expungement is a non-starter. Full stop. He said he made it.
0: And that's unfortunate. Fortunately, that's what happened. It became a full stop. Right. uh, Because the expungement piece, you know, had a big play in the bill. That's right. And the getting the votes out of the Senate weren't there. That's right. And that's why we sit here today, there's a lot of buzz about something happening during the lame duck, Mm -hmm. as they say. um, But it has to include a corresponding bill that's moving in parallel then if it's not in it. Mm -hmm. And we have not been privy to exactly what that bill is and Mm -hmm. exactly how they're treating the social justice and expungement. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned.
1: So over the, the past year, just as a mayor, have you seen a lot of municipal arrests for marijuana possession or are you seeing it going down or what is the trend of it
0: it's it's interesting it's still happening it's it's still happening we see it in our local municipal courts Mm -hmm. individuals coming in and our local uh, municipal prosecutors having to prosecute Mm -hmm. individuals um for for offenses Mm -hmm. um and so a lot of those prosecutors you have to put sort of their own personal opinions to the side right? right. Um, and just go forth with what yeah. you the know. The law is the law, the law, still the the law, law, law. is the law. Yeah. Um, which is why we can't lose sight of that mm-hmm. when we talk about legalization, you mm-hmm. know, and recreational. Okay. And so
1: we always have to ask you, your crystal ball do you think it's going to be handled legislatively or do you think it's going to go to the voters?
0: You know, I'm hearing that that's they're the getting odds. close. Well, listen, I'm hearing that they're getting closer to the 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 magic number of twenty one. Oh, okay. You know,
1: the votes in the Senate.
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. All
1: right. Um, so a lot of other stuff that sure. be at the Tons. League, League of Municipalities. We're going to go through a bunch of stuff. But the other thing, obviously, uh, and we're seeing that, in, locally in Scotch Plains and Fanwood is the issue of affordable housing, and uh, yeah. the need. And it's a very thorny issue. Uh, a lot of people don't really understand it. Um, and a lot of people are very angry about it. Yes. And um, what are, what are the municipalities talking about with it?
0: So you're correct. There's a lot of attention being uh, spent. There's a lot of comments on overdevelopment, mm-hmm. uh, development out of control. And it is the local governing officials, it's the mayor and the councils that are sort of the ones on the ground mm-hmm. Um, Having to
1: explain it. Having to explain
0: it. You know, some of them taking political hits as a result. Some of it as we head into the election season, um, it's being kind of used against them. But Mm -hmm. I would um, ask your listeners, you know, especially if this is an issue close to them, to kind of take a a breath and step back and let's talk a little bit about how we got here, Mm -hmm. right? And so the idea of development is born out of the uh, affordable housing and affordable housing is a constitutional obligation in the state of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. That local um, local jurisdictions must zone for affordable housing. Mm-hmm. You can't exclude people. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is that the previous administration sort of left the playing field, (laughs) you know, dropped the mic, shut the lights off, Mm -hmm. and walked out um, about how to handle affordable housing. Mm -hmm. You know, Governor uh, Christie talked about blowing up COA. Mm -hmm. Never put anything else in its place. And as a result, where did all towns that had an obligation, because not all towns have an obligation, probably about 250 out of the 565. I didn't know that. I thought everyone... Yeah, no. It's it's not everyone has an obligation.
1: Is it because they've already fulfilled the obligation, like um, their their numbers, they have enough affordable housing, or
0: not so much? I think it's more based on um, more of your um, urban centers mm-hmm. um, have what they would say um, a lot of affordable options. Right.
1: Okay. So, example, like a. Patterson, Camden. Excluded. Prob- oh, excluded. Excluded.
0: No Sh- obligations. Short Hills, not excluded. Not excluded. <laughs> and okay. and, yeah. and it, it is a lot of the suburban communities are mm-hmm. the ones that are, are really grappling mm-hmm. um, uh, with this. So when you had the previous administration sort of, you know, not discuss this, where do we end up? Mm-hmm. We end up in the courts. Mm-hmm. And the courts are not necessarily equipped to have this conversation. These municipal judges are... Are not experts in affordable housing at all. So what do they do? Um, they hire special masters. The special masters can you know kind of have a leaning one way or another, depending on what their background is. Um, and then you also then have a current administration um, that's really not addressing it either. You don't really hear a lot about affordable housing coming out of Trenton conversations. About what's happening. So what you have then is you have sort of a nonprofit um, that has been put into the, the center of kind of directing the traffic of what is our obligations. Is that fair share housing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have a tremendous amount of influence and a strong voice um, going into these settlements. Mm-hmm. And these settlements... Um, they are described by a lot of municipalities as having a gun to their head and a knife to their throats because they they don't have um, they don't really have a lot of options. Mm-hmm.
1: And again, like this is when we talk about settlements, this is all fueled by developers. Correct? This is this, this is, is fueled builders, by remedies. Well,
0: but this is fueled by the those that we send to Trenton, not uh, coming up with legislation that talks about a path. Of how we meet our affordable housing obligations, mm-hmm. you know how you get to a number, mm-hmm. you know what, how that what is one town's obligation versus another town's obligation. Mm-hmm. So what so what you have happened is now you're in the courts, mm-hmm. and you have um, settlement agreements, and you know now how do you, how do you fulfill those numbers how do you fulfill those obligations mm-hmm. and so now you have builders mm-hmm. who are coming forth with a lot of these mixed use mm-hmm. or residential mm-hmm. and so now you're going that extra story you're you're taking that the density you're mm-hmm. you're becoming a, a bigger project what i don't understand to be perfectly honest with is that towns should be able to um, meet their <clears throat> meet their affordable housing requirements by doing pure affordable development mm-hmm. That you don't always have to um, mix in the market rate, mm-hmm. which is giving birth to some of these really large developments mm-hmm. that are upsetting people, mm-hmm. um, and then local governments have to say, well, they're helping us meet our obligation by giving us, you know, twenty-five 10%. units. Oh, you okay. know, it's a fifteen yeah. percent set aside. Um, what I would like to see more is tax credits for f- pure affordable. Developments, mm-hmm. you know, through the state through the uh, the treasurer, um, they can make tax credits available for developers who just do pure affordable. Right, and yeah. they need the tax credits because mm-hmm. the margins of profit are almost non-existent.
1: Yeah, you know, a very good point. Um, the the argument, and this is again like what HUD was saying with Hope Six Grants, the idea of stigma. Okay, the idea of oh, they all live in. Mm-hmm. Over there. Over right. there and that complex, you know, and the – like, now what you've done in Fanwood is you've – because you're blessed with that wonderful train station that you were able yes. to put mixed use yeah. in all of the downtown. So there's no – I'm sure you have a lot of affordable housing there that no we one do. sees.
0: Well, it's you really – it's 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 really interesting. Um, I've seen the evolution um, of a discussion where it, it used to be more pointed, right? Like, mm-hmm. we don't want, like, those people, you know, over there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and to your point – but but what i see and feel is is that people are still struggling so you're dealing with families you know you're dealing with you know single mothers you're dealing with uh our elderly that are struggling to be able to stay in new jersey mm-hmm. and so these affordable housing options whether they're townhomes um whether they're mm-hmm. apartments uh we need them mm-hmm. We we need to include them in our communities, mm-hmm. you know. And in Fanwood, we've been able to do that. And but we've also had a history of already providing it, mm-hmm. you know. So you can meet your obligations, you know, through de- um, housing for developmentally disabled. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, um, you know, which you did on Tower Road. Is yeah, it, we've got a really yeah. great um, almost three pieces. Fit into you know one building, so mm-hmm. we have market rate, mm-hmm. um, we have developmentally disabled housing, um, and we have affordable housing mm-hmm. under yeah. one roof, yeah. and and it's a beautiful mixture, mm-hmm. um, and it's great. In our recent development, we actually partnered with Arc um, to so that we have um, a few units where people with disabilities, you know, who can live on their own, Mm -hmm. um, have these really great apartments literally downtown, Mm -hmm. you know, and they can come out and they can Mm -hmm. get their coffee, they can find work Mm -hmm. in our community, and it really is just, it's it's great. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think the whole issue with affordable housing is just that towns being required to do anything. You know, that this is our town and people coming in and saying, you need to do this, mandates. You know, we but, chose but I, to live here because right. of these reasons. And
0: but, but I also think that, it, you know, some towns, um, that one or two bad actors sometimes contained the entire play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, there are some towns in New Jersey that may have tried to zone out any sort of affordable housing, which mm-hmm. gave rise to, you know, um, the cries of criticism mm-hmm. for municipalities. In my experience, as the president of the league, who travels around the state of New Jersey and mayor for close to 16 years, um, I meet mayors who want to make sure their towns are affordable. Mm-hmm. They want to make sure that anyone who wants and chooses to live in their town can afford to. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that the numbers that are pushed down on us mm-hmm. through the courts mm-hmm. um, aren't necessarily achievable. Mm-hmm. And But the pressure to then meet them Mm -hmm. is giving rise to what we see as this overdevelopment. And the residents that live in these towns then rising up um, and being vocal Mm -hmm. uh, because these mass projects is not what they want. They're concerned about the schools. They're concerned about construction, Mm -hmm. I mean, traffic. Um, And so that's the conversations that are happening um, in New Jersey. And until our legislators in Trenton get back to the table, start to publicly talk about this, Mm -hmm. Um, this issue is not going to go away. Mm
1: -hmm. Has the League of Municipalities focused at all on Sweeney's uh, path to progress?
0: Yeah, we have. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, when we go down to Atlantic City, the Senate president will actually have a session by -hmm. himself dedicated um, to talking about and fielding questions on um, the path to progress, which is actually – Focusing on structural reforms that are needed in both the health and pension system. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and why is that important to your listeners? Mm-hmm. Um, A lot. <laughs> yeah, many reasons. <laughs> well, for, for, for many reasons, because when you think about it, the pension system is really paid by the taxpayers mm-hmm. of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the bills come from the state. Um, to fund the pensions for our public employees, mm-hmm. you know, the, the administrative, police, fire, and we raise that money through taxation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so ha- what happens with the pension system, and if it's underfunded, or the health of that pension system, um, should be a, a direct concern for for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the health benefits, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, The health benefits, the employees, uh, several years ago, public employees had to contribute based upon their salary Mm -hmm. into uh, the health benefits that they have. And so there's a discussion underway um, for sort of changing um, health benefits. So mm-hmm. instead of having the platinum, mm-hmm. they're talking about gold. So mm-hmm. instead of maybe like the Cadillac, yep. they're talking about equal to. Yeah. and
1: Honda, Toyota. Rubim,
0: you know, yeah. but, but it's, in, you know, again, being a mayor as long as I have and having to um, deal with contracts, negotiations, mm-hmm. um, health benefits is always an important piece uh, to both sides of the table. Yep. And in order to change health benefits, um, if we want to sometimes find savings, Mm -hmm. we are obligated to um, put something on the table that is equal to or better. So as long as the health benefits are equal to what they currently have and you change providers or you change, you know, shake it up a little. But Mm -hmm. if it washes out, you know, that the ultimate, it's the same, Mm -hmm. you know, the management in the case mm-hmm. should have the ability to make changes and right. ultimately save tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it becomes unsustainable. Mm-hmm. It's, it is unsustainable. You know, and, and, and it's interesting, you know, I, in the day I, a job I have, I work in the private sector. I mm-hmm. work for a large architectural firm, mm-hmm. um, DMR Architects, and, you know, I have health benefits through through them. Mm-hmm. And my employer can change health mm-hmm. benefits yep. um, if if he feels he needs to Mm -hmm. and based on trying to be affordable Mm -hmm. and still give us and you know that's just Mm -hmm. it's it's the way it is Mm
1: -hmm. well the carriers just submitted their rates for 2020 i guess to to the department of banking and insurance and i looked like it was between next year the increase was between 6.5 percent and about 18 percent
0: that's a swing <laughs> that's a this swing, that's but a hell of a swing. The, the point is
1: that's another. From thinking from municipalities, it's you know again if they use Horizon, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or whomever, it's like you know it's something to absorb. Yet again,
0: and, and a lot of us are in what they call the state health benefit plan, mm-hmm. um, where the reason why we go in there is that because we think by if you the more you bring in that you have purchasing power, mm-hmm. um, to try to keep some of those rates low. And there are towns out there that are self-insured, meaning that they're not in the state mm-hmm. health benefit plan. But you know the they don't health, use
1: so they don't, they don't use private carriers.
0: They would they would directly go directly to the private carrier. Mm-hmm. Where got if you're it. in the state health benefit plan, you kind of work through the state of New Jersey. Got it,
1: got it. Um, so, the, the, getting back to uh, path to progress for a second. So, do you see that the? I, I've been reading about. It. I think that Sweeney has a lot of terrific ideas. The, the question being is that it's very rare for you know again the political side of Democratic Senate President. Basically, do his own thing, and then you've also have a Democratic governor, and you also have the assembly right so do you see that the path to progress needs to be a path that also involves <laughs> the governor 's office and the the assembly
0: in order to get anything accomplished yes Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know there 's checks and balances along the way mm-hmm. um, and for the most part, um, from where a lot of the mayors sit, a lot of what the Senate president is saying um, makes sense to us. Mm-hmm. And so that's why uh, we felt it deserved um, the ability for him to sit down in uh, at our conference in Atlantic City mm-hmm. um, and to really talk to us mm-hmm. about it. He's been out there a lot, but you have to constantly repeat and talk. Mm-hmm. Um, structural changes need to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, affordability in the state of New Jersey, um, we've said it so much mm-hmm. that – People know it, and mm-hmm. it's not as shocking anymore, but it right. should be yeah. uh, because people are leaving mm-hmm. the state of New Jersey. Yep. There is a tipping point of the debt that the state of New Jersey can pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't constantly try to put forth new programs and mm-hmm. still sustain this level of service mm-hmm. without making cuts yep. or actually making drastic changes mm-hmm. You know of how we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mayors have to do it all the time, Mm -hmm. have to reevaluate. The state is just a a much larger level of government. Um, But I think the Senate president has the right ideas in mind to look at public schools, Mm -hmm. to look at local governments, Mm -hmm. and how we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody wants to be told what to do but at some point where's the sustainability yes. and if conversations are on the table about looking at school districts and consolidating school districts um that's a conversation that that needs to be had we're not talking about diminishing the quality of an education we have the best education in the country i believe the the state of new jersey just uh was uh got that title mm-hmm. which is well deserved mm-hmm. Um, but the cost of delivering that, mm-hmm. you know, 60% and sometimes 70% of the tax bill is, uh, goes directly to public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and we value public schools, and it's what holds our property values. But there is a tipping point that we are um, getting to, and we need to work collaboratively between the leaders of the public school systems and the leaders that are in local government and state government. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our, um, we don't always agree on things, and it can get quite heated, but we owe it to every single listener and the taxpayer uh, so that if you want to stay in the state, you can.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so besides Path to Progress, what else do you see will be some hot topics um, at the league conference?
0: Um, as we talked about cannabis, Will, and where that's mm-hmm. going to take us in New Jersey, affordable housing and really demanding reforms and demanding the state step up and actually be more engaged in the conversation, uh, shared services. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that always seems to be a, a buzzword that mm-hmm. um, the state likes to use, mm-hmm. when in reality, you uh, Mayors uh, have been doing a lot of that, uh, Mm -hmm. whether they are informal handshake deals Mm -hmm. um, or actually pen to paper. Mm -hmm. That is $10 million was allocated in uh, the budget to put forth um, some assistance, and that's going to be open to school districts as well as local municipalities. Mm -hmm. But my hope is um, for towns, what's the largest cost driver in our budgets? Can I guess? Yes. Yes.
1: Police or DPW?
0: Salaries for police and DPW. Okay. You know, so so police, I think, um, are probably across the board the largest line item. Okay. And so if if you want to save money, right, and we are being asked to share services, Mm -hmm. and if this has been something we've been doing for years, you know, there's a really good shot that most towns have already done what you call the low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. So how do you get up – the tree, mm-hmm. um, to to get to the substantive savings. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to talk about consolidating mm-hmm. uh, police departments or if you want to talk about consolidating public works, you need to talk about civil service reform mm-hmm. because we see um, on the local level that that is one of the biggest um, impediments um, to true civil service reform, which explain, is going to be Explain t- that for people who don't.
1: Right. Know what civil service reform so yeah.
0: it's So civil service um, began when there were less protections for public workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a way to make sure that they couldn't be arbitrarily fired, mm-hmm. um, that they had good working conditions, mm-hmm. um, that if there was going to be changes, that there was a, a process. Mm-hmm. But we've evolved right. over decades to have um, very good personnel and public policies in place to deal with our um, employees. Mm-hmm. So we're a non civil service community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. You can have a choice if. if no, it, you don't have a choice. It's kind of you were like put on that. You were given that or you were not given that decades ago. Oh, okay. And it was before a lot of our times oh, okay. of that. I we, just thought it was
1: across the board everybody no, was civil service. No. Okay.
0: And, and so years ago, town of Scotch Plains and the Borough of Fan would try to merge our police departments. Um and the fact that they were a civil service community and we were not became uh, one of the biggest obstacles. Yeah, yeah. Um and so we have asked the legislators to um really address that mm-hmm. and, and really try to um work with us because that we believe that could open up yeah
1: opportunities. S- got it. That would be very interesting. So you know, getting it's, rid of obstacles yeah. like that.
0: The, the one thing that I'm sure the governor doesn't want, in the our shared service czars uh, that he appointed, and even the mayors, you don't want to spend 10 million dollars on studies that sit on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, we have plenty and, of those. <laughs> the, we all do, whether it's in the public or the private yeah. sector, right? Yeah. Like, you, you really need to make sure that this money is spent, and that there really is tangible mm-hmm. results that yes. result in taxpayer Taxpayers savings. savings. And that's why the fact that they're opening it up to the boards of educations um, I think is, is a good thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's talk about um, uh, one issue that people on both sides don't really uh, understand. And that's the issue of pilots, uh, payment, payment and low taxes. And um, so some, um, we work a lot with mayors that love pilots that think they're the best thing ever and that they accomplish so much. Um, And then we work with others who kind of demonize them as a way to like keep money um, away from schools uh, school district and right. um, I'm just kind of curious from the sure. league's perspective is it like a lot of people that just you know don't understand them I think that's you know, a lot of it and, uh,
0: I, I think when you say the word tax abatements mm-hmm. um, payments in lieu of taxes pilots um, people automatically think that the developer or the recipient is not paying their full share. Mm -hmm. I think that's immediately where people go. And that is not accurate. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, when you look at a property that exists Mm -hmm. and you see its current condition, like in Fanwood, we have done pilots Mm -hmm. um, because we needed to jumpstart, incentivize investment in our community. They had to show us, but for the relief or but for the ability to receive a payment in lieu of taxes, mm-hmm. the project would not happen. So there is a tremendous amount of financial mm-hmm. uh, conversation disclosures that go back and forth between the municipality and the developer. Mm-hmm. So what happens is is that it's not that they don't pay taxes. Right. We look at what's the current condition of that property mm-hmm. and what is it bringing in. Mm-hmm. So let's just say it's bringing in $30,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's
1: a junky, <laughs> empty piece of land. It's, it's not doing it's anything. It's on the tax yep. rolls.
0: Everybody mm-hmm. pays your land portion, even if they receive a pilot mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. an abatement. They still are paying land taxes. Mm-hmm. But not the, the improvements. It's the improvements yep. is what gets um, – mm-hmm treated differently Mm -hmm. but they're still paying money Mm -hmm. um, but it's not necessarily conventional taxes Mm -hmm. that where the town actually gets less Mm -hmm. so in conventional taxes 60 percent of that tax goes out the door to the schools 20 percent say goes to the county Mm -hmm. and the other 20 percent goes to uh, stays locally Mm -hmm. actually local Uh you know so we have seen say, $30,000 on an underutilized, dilapidated piece of property. But once it gets developed, once you have, you know, really millions of dollars of investments on that piece of property, that same piece of property could now be outputting Mm -hmm. $100,000 in taxes Mm -hmm. to us. It's money that's coming in to us. So I think that um, it has its place it is incumbent upon the local officials uh, to do their due diligence, to talk openly about it, um, to say, the you know, not to necessarily give them out willy-nilly, which is where I think, and willy-nilly is maybe not the right mm-hmm. word, but, you know, Jersey City sort of got a lot of uh, press on their abilities to giving out pilots, you mm-hmm. know, left and right, mm-hmm. um, and they've sort of curtailed that back. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of municipalities, Those who have pilots, they also make contributions to the schools. Mm -hmm. So it really is individualized, you know, so that to say that the schools aren't necessarily going to get money is not necessarily accurate. Mm -hmm. It really is between that relationship that the local schools have with that governing body and to make the case if they truly believe that that development is going to throw off a lot of children – How you can work together with the schools, with with that, and then we see that happening time and time again. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, that's where people who are leaders on the local level, you know, Mm -hmm. they're they're doing the right thing
1: in those towns where mayors get along well with school boards.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and not. I mean, a great example with this for pilots is um, is Woodbridge.
0: Yeah, Mayor McCormick is definitely a leader in yeah, that. Yeah, the
1: master of pilots <laughs> because mm-hmm. what he does, he's got a wonderful relationship with the school district and if you've been to the yeah. athletic fields of Colonia yeah. High School or JFK, all of these infrastructure right. projects he banks, are all he funded banks through the money set aside, right? So, um it is good, you know, when it works. I know? I
0: would say that um it it is a very good tool mm-hmm. to help local governments. Um, have investment coming into their communities mm-hmm. when there really is very few tools in a toolbox to help local government. Got it, got it.
1: Okay. Um, so um, that said, let's talk about the fun issue of the day, um, which is lead pipes. Um, yeah. So we Light had, it was, yeah, the, yeah, the um, front page of the state Star Ledger, uh, today's October 11th, um, was about, it's going to cost about, uh, Two billion dollars over ten years, apparently, to replace that. This Jersey Water Works says is, you know, um, one way of of solving this issue. I mean, this is something that's been sitting around for years, and everybody's been kicking the can down the road. Infrastructure is not something that people visually see. No. People see potholes and they yell about potholes, but they don't know about lead pipes or the sewers that are also quickly aging, which is another issue. It's not sexy. No, it's not sexy. It's not visible. It's ridiculously expensive. Um, yes. So, what what do we do? We don't we don't have the money, you know. What what is the league of municipalities saying? Like, how do sure. we solve this?
0: So, before we get right to the lead, you know, yeah. part of uh, when we passed the gas tax, mm-hmm. you know, a the lot of, the recent gas the tax, recent gas yep. tax um, was to dedicate money from that into the transportation trust fund mm-hmm. or TTF, as they say, and mm-hmm. that money then would get recycled back out into, uh, infrastructure projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been a home run to be perfectly honest with you because mm-hmm. it has, um, given and it comes in the form of grants, mm-hmm. uh, back to municipalities. We've seen almost double the mm-hmm. amount of grant mm-hmm. money That's since terrific. the TTF, um, mm-hmm. has been funded through the gas tax mm-hmm. and that is going to your roads. Mm-hmm. A lot of road infrastructure pro- uh, projects are happening. So you, you really are seeing, Uh, the fruits of that happening Mm -hmm. there because our roads were really in terrible shape. And again, you know, a, a roadway job is, you know, a million dollars and that's Mm -hmm. not even a long and a big roadway job, full road reconstruction. Um, so we have seen issues, you know, that we are taking better care of our roads. We have seen our utility companies, um, rip up those roads and we're sort of going back and forth with them, but they have been doing the gas and the water pipes, you know, um, you know, really because our infrastructure is that under the TTF, the gas
1: and water pipes. As that
0: well? is, a, they, they are private companies, you know, that have oh, to go okay. to the BPU so and they usually raise our rates, um, to be able to fund actually, mm-hmm. um, putting in new pipes, whether it. it's water or gas. Mm-hmm. um, but now when we get to, you know, you've got your sores in a lot of municipalities like mine, you know, over a 100-year-old sewer system, mm-hmm. and you really kind of just hope to God that you're doing your maintenance and and not having any major issue that mm-hmm. is going to explode uh, because none of us are financially prepared mm-hmm. um, for that. Right. just like. A lot of these towns are not prepared to deal with the lead pipes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the ability to, um, which I believe the governor is going to go out with a bond referendum to address having money available for that, Mm -hmm. um, is needed. It's Mm -hmm. a national crisis. It's Mm -hmm. a national issue. It's Mm -hmm. not just a New Jersey issue. Mm -hmm. And we do find it uh, mostly, again, in our urban centers. Mm
2: -hmm. The five largest cities in this country, all of them, desperately need new sewer systems and to make that happen for every single one of them that's going to be the largest single capital expenditure in history Mm -hmm. for new york for los angeles for washington dc for chicago all of these cities the biggest capital expenditure in municipal history it's going to require ripping up roads ripping up community it's a very very, very even, big deal. I
1: can't even imagine Manhattan. Yeah, all the sewer system's under buildings. Oh yeah, and, and that's where the federal a, those government those old, those needs
0: old to brick, stand. bricks. Oh yeah, uh,
2: they're going to have to rip all that up, John. Yeah, yeah. it's going to cost. The federal
0: government has billions. to step in. You billions. know, for for something like that. I mean, that that is a national, public works infrastructure project. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like our bridges, you know, we yeah. had over the last couple of years, we've been dealing with our bridges. The Pulaski Skyway mm-hmm. was. You know, one Bayon that everybody sort of yeah. held their breath, and, yeah. and now it took years, and and you know, God knows how much money that was, but it was needed mm-hmm. uh, because we don't necessarily take care of them on a day-to-day basis or an annual basis, and then the neglect. But getting back to the water, um, it's it's a real health crisis um, that has to be addressed, and it has to, and it's going to take. Years and ultimately to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we have to kind of get to work now, and leaders have to stand up and have to understand that we have to invest.
1: Yes. The scary thing is is that there was so much attention put on Newark, but there's a lot of towns that oh. also feed. Belleville. Belleville. Yeah,
0: Belleville, uh, yep. I mean Belleville, Belleville, Belleville Mayor, has been, mayor has been, you know, there. Yeah. Jumping up and down, rightfully so. He
2: paid for a billboard, personally, yeah. I believe, <laughs> saying, yeah. where's our water? Or where's no, our where's water, water bottles?
1: F- uh, water filters. Or water filters, that's right. Yeah, because that's what right. happened was the state was going to give a million dollars to Newark to teach people how to use water filters. And he's like, "I don't. we what don't need education. Us? I actually need the water filters. Right.
0: Yes. I mean, there, there are a bunch of our towns that have the issues, and Newark, you know, was probably the, the poster child of it, you know, because they're our largest city in the state. Um, but it affects a lot of our municipalities.
1: But we, but there's been no attention on Patterson, which I think is just as old as Newark, mm-hmm. you know, Camden. I mean, I just feel like this is a story that's going to be going on and on and on. If your house um, is
2: over, over 50 years old, it has lead lines. Yeah, coming period. in from the street, right? Wait, period. 50, Fifty years. Fifty. If it's not a recent construction, it more likely than not has lead. lead and life. that's and that's As the a home. Mayor, have
0: you been
1: getting and, calls from people? Like.
0: Um, I have to say that w- we uh, dealt with this when it first hit, and um, we are part of um, American Water, and who takes care of our system. And so mm-hmm. we brought them in, um, and they showed us the tests that they do, um, and. We, you know, we also have been changing out our pipes. Mm-hmm. You know, in our streets. You mm-hmm. know, so our system, our system, um, has been really maintained.
1: So you've done preventative maintenance over years,
0: over years, and you know. But there are issues from the street to the house. You know, which is the responsibility um, of the of the homeowner there. And so you know, we have conversations about making sure you know that how that goes.
1: It is interesting because I think most homeowners they would have. I mean, my house was built in 1954. I'm now learning I've got a lead pipe. <laughs> more going, likely than not, John. It's going from the, more uh, likely than the not. street to the house.
2: More likely than not. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, wow, indeed. Anyway, so, you know, let's move on to something more exciting, like NJ Transit. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: poor New Jersey Transit. <laughs> we, should I, we
1: should be doing this interview with Scotch, not coffee. Well,
2: right. so <laughs> yesterday, the Raritan Valley Line, 5444, pulled into a construction zone platform. So where, I had to wait where, for... In Frankfurt? No, in Newark-Penn. Uh-huh. So I had to wait for more than an hour while the engineers reversed the train and backed it into the proper so bay. So you sat on the train? I sat on the train on 5444. It was about 500 meters or so from a construction zone because the engineer mistakenly, I guess he wasn't told, but...
1: So since I mean, we're, everybody uh, has these uh, these terrible uh, Yeah, stories. we all have them. Yeah. There's a great story in the, the New York Times about the the worst commuter line ever is yes. in Middletown. There's like this one train I read that's that. constantly getting canceled. Yes. So um, let's let's throw this to the League Miss <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> See. So, 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 you know... <laughs> you only have to solve the world's issues for one more exactly.
0: minute. <laughs> no, this is, this is what I'm going to say about New Jersey Transit. You know, um, I've been involved with, you know being a public official uh, for clo- over like, close to 20 years. And then before that, I worked in the public sector as well. And I've had friends who've worked with New Jersey Transit almost from the beginning of New Jersey Transit. And New Jersey Transit was a model of public transportation in the nation, a model when it first came out.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Um, and over the years, I believe – that because of the lack of adequate funding that comes from the state budget, um, that they began to get starved. Mm-hmm. And they did not have the resources to be able to do what was expected to them of them. And so I see that when people start to bang on the table and demonize transit, that they should also look to the individuals who voted on the budgets mm-hmm. and year after year mm-hmm. were diverting money mm-hmm. and not giving them the operating capital operating money and watching them as they were taking capital money and moving it into their operating you know to make mm-hmm. ends meet yeah. and little by little you mm-hmm. start to erode what was which was a gem and a model mm-hmm. of public transportation mm-hmm. And today you're left with a transportation system in crisis. Right. They're in crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you have the positive train control, you mm-hmm. know, when you actually had a death in Hoboken mm-hmm. of a woman who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, dropping her kid off at daycare, standing in Hoboken, you know, in that waiting room, and that train Barrels through and kills her because it doesn't have positive train control, which sets forth, you know, um, a journey for transit to meet the federal uh, deadline, which mm-hmm. they barely do, right. um, and they have to, you know, shake up the whole system um, and system disruptions they they never kept up with the number of engineers that they needed they had a residency requirement for engineers you know that Mm -hmm. the state had on them and just now we're changing that um what do you expect i mean if we're going to be really honest Mm -hmm. what what do we expect expect? from a system that has just year after year slowly just been um just eroded Mm
1: -hmm. death by a thousand cuts.
0: It is death by a thousand cuts, and I think that um, to to rebuild the system is going to take time um, and money and and people being honest and making sure that they recruit the best people to come back into the system, because mm-hmm. you had so many people over the course of the years leave, mm-hmm. um, retire, get mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. Um, as they just watched the decline of the service, mm-hmm. Um and we rely so heavily on New Jersey transit, you know, just not the rail, the bus. Mm-hmm. The yep. bus system is is crucial mm-hmm. uh, for so many of our residents. In fact, it's probably used more than the rails are used.
2: What do you think would happen to your community if it didn't exist?
0: Um, if If – if oh, NJ had,
2: Transit bus and rail operations didn't exist, what would happen to your community? What would happen it would to be family? decimated because
0: yeah. the reason that Fanwood is, is holding its property values and we have investment around the train station um, is that direct connection, though not one-seat ride, but a direct connection between getting into Manhattan. And so people don't start out finding Fanwood, my community. They stumble into mm-hmm. Fanwood, um, you know, the, because of the price point. They might mm-hmm. get priced out of neighboring communities. They find Fanwood. They like the housing stock. And, oh, my God, they have a train station. Yep. And a half hour they can get into Newark. And then from there, you know, mm-hmm. it used to be a half hour getting into Manhattan, but mm-hmm. that's sort of changed yeah, with yeah, the, uh, the edit service. all these stops. Yep. But uh, it is a lifeline um, to a lot of our municipalities that have it. And so – you know, the mayors are um, struggling right now to make sure that the the system is working, you know, that we're holding them accountable. And we are. And we're fighting. You know, like I'm part of the and Valley uh, Rail Line, Mayor's Alliance, and we're fighting for better improvement. We're fighting for direct one-seat ride where we don't have to get off in Newark. Yep. Um, but we are also really up against the reality of a system that's in crisis. And um, so we're hoping that kind of out of the ashes... Mm-hmm. Rises the phoenix of the <laughs> new, trans, well, yeah. you know, New Jersey transit. It's not
2: hopeless. Well, it's still uh, the second largest commuter rail line. I don't that. believe
0: it's hopeless, but I think that in order to have a conversation, a real conversation about where they are, you have to understand where they came from and what their history yeah. was and how they got to this point. Yeah.
1: And you you're also the whole element of the federal side too with Gateway yeah. and the fact that Amtrak has the priority. Part of the reason
2: for that we can no longer take a one seat ride into New York City is because NJ Transit's route. Valley Line is diesel operated, yep. mm-hmm. and it needs to be electric cars in order to get into Penn Station. Yep. That's one of the reasons,
0: right? Which is why under the Christie administration, they did invest in what they call dual locomotives, mm-hmm. where that, right. like on our line that runs for, through four different counties, you're on a diesel line, and then Correct. when you get into Newark, you actually flip the switch mm-hmm. and it becomes electric, yes. and and that has been a, a real blessing for us, and which mm-hmm. is what gave us hope about not having to transfer in Newark. Um, but right now we're sort of uh, fighting for um, what we believe is equity to be able to get one of the uh, one or two of those spots, mm-hmm. those prime spots yeah. of getting into the tunnel during rush hour. Which right. so far we have not been now, you successful.
1: One, you still have one seat ride off peak,
0: right? They took that away. No. Oh, they took they took that away as oh. a result of the positive train control and the challenges, and we've been fighting for those sort of crumbs, as we oh call my them. God. So thought, we have nothing. So our our commuters, you know, which is probably one of the top lines that have the most ridership, um, has, does not have that one seat ride, which is actually affecting the quality of life mm-hmm. for a lot of our residents.
1: I just wanted to thank Colleen Mar for coming and I just have one great. I Thanks. have one yeah, I have one very difficult final question for you. Sure. Um, I understand that a New Jersey monthly ranked Fanwood the top small town in the state.
0: Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it was I'm, a contest. It was actually the very first time you know, New Jersey, trans, uh, New Jersey Transit, yeah. New Jersey Monthly, every September, you know, kind of comes out with the fall edition about the top towns, mm-hmm. you know, the best towns in the state of New Jersey. And mm-hmm. so for the first time, they took small towns. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to be under a certain population, say, like 15,000. Mm-hmm. You had to have, there were certain criteria. You know, you had your average housing uh, price had to be below, say, 800,000. Mm-hmm. You okay. had to have certain things. And they mm-hmm. came up with the top 16 you know, sort of, you know, best small towns in the state of New Jersey, and they took it like a uh, March Madness bracket, Mm -hmm. basketball bracket, Uh Uh and they kept on, you know, going against each other. And so Fanwood, you know, came out, stood through all the the voting, and we actually now can wear the crown (laughs) (laughs) of the best small town in the state of New Jersey, and it was a fun competition. But it was actually um, something that reflects what we believe, that, you know, we are a small town, but we are diverse. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a great downtown, wonderful housing stock, mm-hmm. good, strong school system, yep. um, and, and engaged uh, residents who really love where they live. And as a mayor, you can't ask for anything That's more. Great.
1: Okay, well, listen, we want to thank Colleen Marr. Thank you. This ag- is great. Again, president of the New Jersey League of Municipalities, at least for another month. Yeah. So if you yep. come to the conference, say hi to her. Yep, find me. And uh, if you're in downtown Fanwood, say find hi me. to her. And if, you're, <laughs> uh, if you are a voter in Fanwood, vote for her. Vote for me. <laughs> November 5th. No, f- Tuesday, November 5th. Yeah, polls open 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yep. And civic duty. Got to do it. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you.
0: The Jaffe Podcast is a production of Jaffe Communications, which is solely responsible for its content. Episodes may not be reproduced or rebroadcast without permission. Our executive producer is Jonathan Jaffe. Our editor and production manager is Josh Frank. And our theme song was composed by David Siste. For more episodes, visit jaffecom.com or find us on Facebook
2: at Jaffe Communications. Thanks for listening. Join us next week.